Hello and welcome to episode three of the Nosebleeds podcast presented by Old Row Sports. I'm your host, Alden. We've got a great show for you today. We've got Nick Watts and Gonzo with us. Uh, we got a great show. Yeah, we're going to be talking a little bit about breaking news in sports. Reggie Bush is back. Uh, we're going to be talking our fantasy football sleepers, our best or worst bad beats. Uh, we're going to be going into our favorite drinking games. We got it all today, so we've got a great show for you. Uh, can't wait to kick off episode three, so sit back and enjoy the nosebleeds. And we're back on the Nosebleeds podcast. Uh, we're here with uh, Gonzo, Nick Watts, and myself, Alden, talking some breaking news in sports. It looks like Reggie Bush is back. What do you think about that, Gonzo? Yeah, so uh, Reggie Bush is basically being recognized by the school that he used to go to for taking the money that they offered him. Um, long time coming, but yeah, dude, I mean, I... I really don't even know what to say about it, to be honest. Like it's to me, it's kind of like the whole like Louisville thing where they strip their national championship. First of all, like I'm against in the first place going back like later and stripping titles or awards or championships. But then like to not only do it, but then like ten years after the fact, it'd be like, oh, okay, we're all good now. We'll we'll reinstate you. We'll we'll uh, pretend that you you went here again. It's just it seems ridiculous to me. Gonzo, what are you looking at? Like, you do know you're being recorded, right? <laughs> oh, he's got his research. Was he? Was yeah? No, wait. Was he? He was paid. Was he paid by the school and agents, or was it was probably both? Right? I forget. Yeah, I think it was both. Yeah, I mean, look, it, it's just honestly, it's a classic case of the NCAA again. Um, and, and I'll, if I were Reggie Bush, you know, we were talking about this earlier, I would just. Say, say to USC like fuck off I, I don't want your your fucking pity from from you guys just because I mean what they did to him I mean he what he did for that program he completely changed USC for good I mean obviously they had their heyday with Tim Brown like back in the uh back in the 80s and, and stuff but um you know he really like revitalized it and we haven't seen a Pac-12 team like that since I mean Oregon's had some runs but nothing quite like the dominance that USC had in those early 2000s. So he really changed the landscape of that school and, and what they mean to college football and for them to just turn their back on him. And then, you know, 15 years after the fact say, Oh, you know, like, or I guess it was 10 years now. Cause what did they, did they suspend him into like 2010? Yeah. And to pretend that everything's all good now. like. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I just think I think it's super rude uh, and disrespectful to his accomplishments and him as a person. You know, they need to recognize that there's a lot of blame that needs to be put on themselves. And it you can't just use yep. Reggie Bush as a scapegoat, which is what they've done for years. Well, and that's what I mean, you see it with a lot of organizations. It's not just USC. I mean, even, you know, it's it's like every year there's another issue with the NCAA and another ridiculous thing. I mean, this year it was it was basketball with uh, 
the guy from Memphis and in football, it was chase young that was suspended for a couple games. It's like every year it's another issue. And most of the time it's not even the player's fault. Like a lot of times it was like the parent took money or the school like bought the parents a house or half the time it doesn't have anything to do with the player. And yet the player is the one that always gets the brunt of it from the NCAA and the school. And to me, it's just ridiculous. And at some point, the players have got to stand up and say enough is enough from the NCAA. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, that's what they've done in basketball. You bring, you brought up James Wiseman from Mes- from Memphis. I don't know why they wanted to just blackball. Probably one that he was the number one prospect in, in uh, coming out of high school. He was mm-hmm. going to be a top prospect in the NBA draft, and they just ran him out the building as if they had full authority. But guess what? Now they don't. You know, they don't have the authority anymore because players are now saying this is ridiculous. Why, why, I want to be an NBA player, I don't want to be a college athlete. Well, and, you know? and so they're just going to go to, they're just going to go abroad and go play in, you know, Europe or Australia. Yeah, it's going to work out for them. And Gonzo, I know you got some uh, breaking news down your way today about, about that. Yeah, man. So actually piggybacking on this subject. So, Clevis Murray tweeted that Florida has passed an NIL bill allowing college athletes within the state of Florida to make money from their likeness, image, and name beginning for them. summer 2021. Yeah. That's going to give all those schools a, a huge competitive advantage. Because oh, yeah. If Why would anybody want to go anywhere else when they can be paid down in Florida? Exactly. I, I, don't, know, I don't know if the, the exact rules of it, though, because I'm sure there will be one of those things where the state of Florida – will allow their colleges to do it, but will the NCAA allow NCAA will take to them it? to court. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what happens out of that. Um, but, yeah, if it, if it does mean that players out of Florida can't get paid, every other state's going to have to do the same because, you know, the universities are going to want talent. And why on earth would you go to any other school other than, you know, University of Florida, Florida State, Miami, you know, FIU? Uh <laughs> <laughs> And so, yeah, and then, you know, back to also what you said, Alden, too, about, you know, the families taking money. Well, guess what? The the players and the families probably deserve that. I mean, the product that they put on the field, especially Reggie Bush, I mean, probably top 10 greatest college athletes of all time. And you have to think about these these players are strapped for cash. I think about a normal college student, but we're also like – we're not, they're not your normal college student. They're probably, a lot of them are very low income and need, and need that money to survive. Especially and they when can't work just, a full-time job because they're practicing every day. And, you know, exactly. So yeah. they, to expect them not to like to not take that money is ridiculous because they not only need it, but they also deserve it. You know, so. Yeah. And like the deal with Memphis was just so ridiculous because it wasn't it like a booster like 10 years ago that wasn't even like a no with the university and then he's the coach now or something yeah so it's penny hardaway is yeah, at, the, at the time he wasn't even affiliated with them yeah so he was a booster and then they since he used to be a booster because he went to the university of memphis that somehow meant that when he paid for James Weissman to move to Memphis because Penny Hardaway at the time was teaching high school basketball. So I think he moved him to Memphis. That's because he was a booster at the university of Memphis and paid a player to move in high school. So this is like four years ago. Somehow that had something to do with the university of Memphis and his eligibility to play college basketball, which is just absurd. And also 
they wanted to pay back 15 grand like where's that gonna come from like yeah exactly like (laughs) dude the the money they used to move and and get a new house like that's long gone i'm sure like nobody just has none none of these college athletes for the most part just have 15 grand lying in their bank accounts so as if he's just gonna kind of fork over 15 grand and if they if he was to pay it back guess what he'd probably get it illegally from somebody else so it's like (laughs) so yeah yeah and then and then and then they just chase him out of the building and, and you know what while I love college basketball, it's what they deserve. And I would have loved to see uh, James Weissman play basketball this year. But I to- if I were – I'm sure Penny Hardaway and the rest of his teammates totally supported him through it and just said, you know, go get your money and, you know, f- don't let the NCAA control your life. Yeah, Gonzo, what are your thoughts? I mean, you, you agreeing with that? Or, I mean, because you're right in the middle of this whole situation down there in Florida. Yeah, I mean, I think it's tricky either way that you look at it. Like, I'm not a fan of – players going overseas but like it's kind of like the NCAA has forced their hand at this point like it you know you're gonna get skull fucked if you go and you take a a bribe to go and go to like your dream school where you could go and you could go play in Australia you could have a vacation for a year get paid you know get your family nice and settled and then you come back to the NBA and make millions like it's yeah yeah and not only that too but they don't even have to pretend to go to class you know, they get to spend yeah. 24 hours a day, seven days a week playing basketball. And yeah. that's what they're, that's what they're, they're not going to school to do school. They're going to school to play sports. Uh, yeah. Their schedules are, you know, jam packed with practices, workouts, team meetings. Yeah. And, you know, I, like think about how much better of a basketball player that can be produced if they're not taking classes, if they're not worried like, Oh shit, I got to study for this exam. Well, and especially the the top prospects that are going to be one and done anyway, like the to make and that was kind of the point I, I made it last week on the show. But to pretend that they're actually students, like when when you have some of these players, like like Duke had a couple years ago with with Zion, R.J. Barrett, and Cam Reddish, three one and dones on their team, who show up to campus in in the summer and then they're gone in May. They're done. I mean to make them take classes and stuff like they're obviously not going to graduate. They're not there for school. They're there to play basketball. So to me, it's just kind of ridiculous to even, I mean, I don't know. It's a tough, but I mean, like you, the MB, the NCAA is not going to be like, Oh, these guys like aren't going to be students. Like they're going, they're always going to, I'm saying one, maybe get rid of one and done. I mean, I don't know. Like like college football does. I think, I think players – look, are the players actually going to class? Probably not. So, at this point, it's like what they can just do is kind of like slide the educational factors under the rug like they're doing now. And the other thing they can do is, is let the players make money off their likeness. They don't necessarily have to pay them. But on the school part of it, it's such bullshit that the, the NCAA is even allowed to call them student-athletes. I remember mm-hmm. Arian Foster was telling a story about when he was at Tennessee – he really wanted to take an, uh, an astronomy class. And they said, no, you can't take that because it interferes with your practices. Well, then you can't say it's a stu- you're, you're, you have student right. athletes if you're not allowing them to be students. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, if, if I wanted to, I can take any class I want to. I just, I, you know, I'm, it's not like I don't have someone telling me what classes I can and can't take. So it's completely, uh, it's complete hypocrisy what they're doing to these, these students. Yeah, that was the point I made last week that it's just, it's a joke to even call them student athletes because especially the ones that have aspirations of playing at the next level at whatever the sport, like they're not there to be students, they're there to be athletes. So, yeah. And if, no, if they are there to be students, then let them be students. 
Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's what he's saying. Like he, he, he's, these players are signing on and they're going to college to be student athletes. And like what Nick's saying is, you know, Aaron Foster wasn't a projected lottery pick in like the NFL draft. Like this guy's trying to go and further his education, you know, like he doesn't know what's going to happen once he's done with, you know, college football. So he's there and he wants to go and further his education and study whatever class he said it was. Dude, like let him bro. Like they're student athletes. They're not athlete students. You get me? Like, yeah. Or, or you can say that they're not student athletes and just say, hey, you don't have to – like, look, you're here to play football. But you can't – you can't have – my point is you can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't, you can't pretend to be something you're not because that's what they're doing. Like, you, it's either – it's one thing or the other. Like, if, if you want them to be student athletes, then let them take as many classes, whatever class they want, as many classes they want. If they're not there to be student athletes and you're saying, oh, they can't take different classes, then don't call them student athletes. Call them athletes that – happen to go to college or something like that mm-hmm. um yeah it's it's a tough call i mean and especially like you you take a look the ncaa part of their reason for not paying the players is they say you know it's amateur sports basically you know you don't pay well then how is it any different than high school i mean the ncaa is still allowing people to place bets on these games they're raking in tens of millions of dollars in sports betting from college basketball college football whatever the sport. So they're okay with taking the money from that end, but they don't want to give it back to the players. To me, it's very hypocritical to call it amateur sports. If they're going to allow sports betting to take place, you know, well, that, well, that's not, that's not that, that, that money doesn't go to the university. So you know, that goes to the casinos and the people that now that sports gambling is, is now legal. Um, they can do the casinos can take profit off of that, but that doesn't go to, um, that doesn't go to the schools, but you're right in the sense of like, if, if it's going to be an amateur sport, then they should just, they should just say, okay, you're not allowed to place bets on college games, which, you know, they've never actually done. And, you know, that, that's a whole, that's a whole other issue. Um, that's regarding, you know, the amateurism of it. And it's um, yeah. So that, that if they, if they didn't want betting to go down, then they should just come out and say, um, we don't want gambling on their sports, but guess what? Most of their, a lot of their audience, I, I bet you like, if you look at a small school, right. Even if you look at um, like FIU, for example, I bet you 70, I bet you 75% of the people that watch those games are people that put money on it on their teams. Well, that's where, I mean, that's where I'm from. I mean, I, I personally, I love it because I, you know, I take, you know, I, I bet on the games and stuff. My point is just, you know, they got to be consistent. And if they're going to call it amateur sports, then betting shouldn't be happening or they can just be honest about it and call it what it is. It's basically professional sports at the semi pro level, you know? Yeah. I just don't know where it ends with the NCAA. I think at some point they've either got to be honest about what's going on or they've got to say, you know, they got to be willing to let the players make money off their own image. Cause it's kind of ridiculous. I mean, I think just what's going to happen is, you know, eventually push is going to come to shove. People are going to start voting with their feet. First, it's going to be basketball because basketball, think about football. The difference between football and basketball is a football player right out of high school is not prepared to go play in the NBA. And uh, just because, not because of their skill set, but mostly just because of the size uh, and like the speed of the athletes that play at the pro level, but in basketball, 
I mean, one year, that's not going to make a huge difference. Like you could go, you can go play anywhere, get drafted, and you're probably ready to play in the NBA if you are a top prospect. So and the NFL really, has rules that, you know, you have to play three years. Of, I mean, they have their rules anyway that you got to play three years. Yeah, and that, that's, that's a fair rule just because, like, because like, you don't want, you know, a bunch of 18-year-olds on an NFL field. They're going to literally die, you know. Yeah. Um, especially because, you know, they're just playing high school talent. It's not like, you know, you think about, I don't know, um, like I'm trying to think. You think about what's like a top, I don't know, top football prospect. Like imagine if, um, I don't know. Imagine like, like a freshman right now. Or, or like who, who was like the top prospect? Stingley. In, uh, Stingley at LSU, the corner. He uh, was a freshman last year. He could have gone pro probably if he wanted to. But, okay, but like take a wide receiver, like a top wide receiver prospect. Imagine him just going first game going up against like Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. so the three year rule, like it makes a little bit more sense, like makes a lot more sense in, in, in football, but for basketball, that's where the change is gonna happen first. And as I said, they're in a walk with their feet. They're gonna say, Fuck this. I'm not playing for you guys for free. I don't care about, you know, the Nike sweatsuit you gave me. You know, I can buy plenty of Nike sweatsuits when I get drafted. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's just – the cook. eventually push will come to shove. That's why you're already seeing them start to make, you know, little changes, start to say, oh, you know, we're thinking about paying the players because they know their time's almost up, especially the, the hits and profit they just took from March Madness Ooh. and – the idea that college football might not start the NCAA is going to need a lot of money next if we, whenever we play sports again they're going to need a lot of money and they can't have anything jeopardizing the profits because that will affect not only the NCAA as a whole but all of the other college sports that are being funded by those two sports yeah I mean I think that we all kind of made some good points there it's going to be interesting to, to kind of see what happens. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Gonza's been waiting very patiently for this. Uh, so we're finally going to get to some fantasy football. Uh, we're going to be talking our favorite sleeper picks uh, for this upcoming year. Stay with us. Episode three of the Nosebleeds podcast. As I said before the break, we're going to go ahead and jump into our first fantasy football segment here on the Nosebleeds. Uh, we're going to be talking about our uh, best sleeper picks here. Uh, I know fantasy football is still a couple months away, but it's never too soon. I know they're already doing mock drafts and stuff. So uh, talk about some of our best sleeper picks. Uh, Gonzo, do you want to start us off? Yeah, yeah. I got you. Okay, I, so, I know you've been preparing for months for this moment. So. Oh, yeah. Like, I've already done close to 50 mock drafts. So, like, I know I already have my sleepers here on that. What the so, fuck, dude? Like, oh, I think you God. got too much you're, time you're, on your hands, my you're man. One of those, no, you're just one of those fantasy football hardos. Jesus Christ. Yeah. How, many, how many leagues uh, did you tell me last night that you, you're in each year? So, okay. So, Don't care. 
on ESPN, I think they max you out at like 25 teams. So I think I do 25 teams on ESPN and then I have like another five on Yahoo. Dude, take it away. Take it away on this topic. I, no, God, I can't. Like how, why do you do that? Why do you do that to yourself? I just, Dude. I get such a rush from it. Like what, listen, the odds are if I'm in 30 leagues, right, I'm going to win at least one, you know, and that's, that's, that's enough for me. I just have to win one time. Do you know any of these people that you play with? No, like, I, only what's... Know, I only know two of the leagues. The rest are just a bunch of randos. In a, a <laughs> Dude, I, like the entire point of fantasy is literally to say you can beat your friends or make money. And yeah. you're just like, oh, dude, I fucking just destroyed the – I beat Skyhawk717. Yeah, I beat <laughs> – I beat Chicago <laughs> fans 69-420. No, I mean, I – Anyways, yeah, take man. it away, dude. Take All it right, away. so hear me out. My favorite – one of my favorite sleeper picks in the draft this year is Denver Broncos quarterback Drew Locke. Right now, his ADP is sitting right at like 1307, which is the 13th round, seventh pick in that round. I think that's – basically, in the 13th round, you're filling out your team. You're getting your bench stashes and stuff like that. I could see Drew Locke developing into like – a low to mid-range QB one this year, just with the weapons that are surrounding him. You know, he's got Judy. He's got Sutton, who's a beast. He's got Noah Fan. They signed Melvin Gordon. They still have Philip Lindsay. They got they have straight ballers. And you got to look at the division. So they're going to face against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs twice a year. If they're even going to compete in those games, you got to put up points. And to put up points against the Chiefs, you got to throw the ball. So I love Drew Locke in – the 13th round I think that's a steal and a half I just don't I just don't like just from a football perspective I don't see how anybody can trust Drew Locke just yet he played four games I I honest to god wasn't watching any of them right because he came on late in the season mm -hmm. so it was like the thing with him is you know a four game sample size is pretty small now let alone you know I should, probably shouldn't be talking because you know, Niners signed Jimmy Garoppolo, and his <laughs> sample size was small. And, but he yeah. won those but, four games. Locke, Locke almost lost to the Detroit Lions in one of his games. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the other thing is, too, with Locke, it's like is four games. Not only is it a small sample size, but you look at other quarterbacks that have come on, like, in a season. You look at – or even, like, in their rookie years, Baker Mayfield had a, you know, great, like, rookie year. But then after, like, last season, he stunk the bed. So – I don't know. I just think with quarterbacks, it's always like I get. I, it's great. It's good value for fantasy, thirteenth round. But I just think from a pure football perspective, I'm a little bit skeptical of him. And I don't like. I just don't like when people hype up like rookie quarterbacks and think they're going to be the next thing because it's almost like without a doubt they're ne like they're never it like the year after, in my opinion. I guess, yeah. But like like you said, like in terms of value, right? You're you're sitting there. Yeah, thirteenth round, I mean, yeah. Yeah. You're not you're, really you're, paying, making much of a risk. You're gonna have your team like well established by then. This is it's literally like a flyer. Like thirteenth, fourteenth, fifteenth round, you're drafting guys that you're probably gonna cut a couple weeks into the season to pick up somebody else. So like why not take a flyer on a guy who can blow up? You know? Yeah. All right, I got a I got a good one for you. I, I wanna see what you guys think. So this guy, I'm I'm taking T.J. Hawkinson in the tenth okay. round. Listen, I know a lot coming up. Yeah, but okay, so he was the number one tight end taken in last year's draft with the eighth overall pick. 
in his first game last year, he went off for like 130 yards and two touchdowns. Um, and then he had injury problems uh, for a lot of the rest of the year, came back for a couple games. He did okay, but he, he really struggled with injuries. But I think when you look at him, he was taken with a top 10 pick for a reason. I mean, you don't usually see tight ends going in the top 10 in the draft. Um, he's got the size. He's got really good speed for a tight end. I don't think he's going to be on a lot of people's radars just because he didn't put up a ton of stats last year. But when you factor in the fact that he was injured for over half the season when he, and he didn't even play, and when I see the potential that he has, I think that's a pretty good steal right around round 10. Yeah, yeah. He, he's falling like crazy. I'm looking at the, the tight end ADP rankings right now, and he's – Actually, on the site that I'm at right now, he's going roughly in the 13th round, going behind guys like Mike Gusecki, Noah Fant, Austin. Yeah, no. <laughs> the thing is with tight ends, though, in general, I always feel like once they have a few injuries, like injury-prone tight ends are like a, always a thing. I, like if, yeah, I mean, um, the good thing about him was um, it was a concussion most of the year. So, I mean, that's not like a career altering usually. I mean, obviously. But, dude, who was like, uh, there was a guy that just had like, he got like 15 concu- concussions and like, a, they, they would, like, there are some guys that are just concussion prone, like, yeah. that just continue to get them and it, it really affects them. I think with like, so I, you know, I look at like Jimmy Graham, you know, he's another extremely injury prone tight end and like, I just always feel like for those players, it tends to stick around. Um, I'm more interested just – I'm so curious as to how insane Gonzo is like, by the fact that he has 30 fucking fans. Do you make money in them? Have you ever won a fantasy league? Is this like – are you chasing the dragon? Like is that is that's what's yeah, going yeah. on? So, yeah. Well, I've won – I've won money every, like, year for, like, the last couple of years, excluding last year. Like, last year, I just – I shit the bed. Like, I was, like, an 11th out of 12th place in my league. Ooh, like yeah. big league, yeah. so, so you're only putting money on one of the leagues no i usually put money on like two but last year i only did one i went balls deep in one and then i regretted it so how, how, how much, much money, money do you yeah it was like 200 that i threw down for the yeah jesus yeah Christ. i don't i think you're obsessed like yeah you see hell yeah 50 fantasy we're, we're only in june like i mean we're still like a couple months Three months before yeah. fantasy football even starts, and you've already done fifty mock drafts. Yeah, mock you don't even know if this season's gonna happen, and like he's already <laughs> done fifty of them. Well, <laughs> happen, I'm hitting the ground running. I'm gonna be prepared. Well, I'll say yeah, one thing: if if uh, if you're in a fantasy football league, I don't know that I'm wanting to go up against you, <laughs> dude. He's definitely the asshole that uh, will like tweet players like yo bro you like you didn't you didn't put out many big numbers for my fantasy team this oh week. yeah like, maybe. Got, like Todd Gurley like when he used to fall down at the one yard line when he was breaking like a TD do you run. tweet it do you tweet out at him I, I dm them dude <laughs> <laughs> what do you like are you like oh shit man I really gotta step in my performance Josh <laughs> from Florida dude, did you ask I mean, him for just... money like did you tell him to Venmo you because he no, like usually, like when I like go off, I usually just say like like stupid shit. I'm like, oh, you're you're a pussy. Like that's what I like. I just keep it short. It's such a, such a really dick terrible. move. He's not a put. A he doesn't care what you say. B it's like that's just such a mean thing to say to somebody. Like imagine if imagine if we did fantasy football for your life, and I was just like, hey man, you just like you really suck. Do yeah, you suck. Like that would that wouldn't be fun. That's such a dick move. Jesus. Yeah. 
Are you yeah. doing it like on purpose or is it just out of pure rage? Because if it's out of pure rage, I guess I can give you, cut you some more slack. Yeah. But if it's just like, you're just like so mad at, that he did, like he kneeled on the one, fell down the one yard line. Oh, yeah. Just, it was like it was that it was that one year where Todd Gurley was blowing up like that that he was going crazy that year, and he did it multiple times. And I'm like, dude, like I had it, I had him in like a DraftKings lineup and something like that. And I'm like, if he scores the touchdown, I get the extra yard plus the six points from the TD. So I'm like, him being a little prick and lying down there at the one yard line just cost me almost seven points. That could have moved me up in the rankings. Like, no man, yeah. So like most of the time it's out of pure rage. Like I don't just wake up Monday morning and be like, you know what? Todd Gurley pissed me off. Let me go <laughs> morning text. Like, no. Yeah, dude, this is why this is why I don't like fantasy football. Is like I literally I play in one league. I just I can never stay focused on more than that. And I find it like, dude, and also I always feel like every time I do even prepare for anything, it always goes it my, it makes my season even worse because then I'm just overanalyzing and overthinking every little decision. Yeah. So that's why, like, um, if I play fantasy football, I'll maybe do one or two mock drafts. But, I mean, 50, like, how do you – like, you don't even know. Like, half these players are probably going to get injured. Like, they could get – like, a quarterback could get benched. Yeah. Like, there's just so much shit in the season that you just can't prepare for. So, if you're just kind of going up there trying to get your best possible players, it's why, like, half the time in your league, it's always the biggest idiot that always wins your fantasy league. Like, they, they might put a little bit of research into yeah. it, but – no, yeah. I mean, and I do the mock drafts to kind of play with different strategies. Like, right now, like, my biggest dilemma is grabbing Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson in, like, the first couple of rounds worth it. And kind of seeing how the draft goes after then to see, like, how I fill out my running backs and my wide receivers and stuff like that. So that that's kind of, like, why, why I'm playing with the mock drafts right now because if you hit, like, the guy the guy that won the league last year, he drafted the big money league that I'm talking about. He drafted Mahomes early, and then he took Lamar Jackson late. So he had the top two fantasy quarterbacks in the league. So that's, I'm trying to hit on that guy this year. That's why I'm that's why I'm looking at Drew Locke. I like Matthew Stafford too. Matt um, Stafford's always money in fantasy. He is, and he's being he's being undervalued right now because I think he was hurt for so much of last year. Another guy that people are sleeping on that I personally won't hop on, but he is a goat. Is Aaron Rodgers? Nobody's showing him respect. But why, why? Why don't you just gamble instead? Oh, I do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just think gambling yeah. is just so much more fun, and like, also, you're like not rooting for like individual players, because like the thing about fantasy is it like dilutes people from watching the game. You're not watching the game because you're interested in the football. You're you're watching the game because you're interested in one player. And so it's like, I don't know. Either way. Good I mean, luck to you could, guys. I wish you good luck. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, that could happen in gambling, too. Like, if you're, like, a true degenerate gambler and then you, like, start diving into, like, player props and stuff like that, then, yeah, you're going to turn on the games to see if, you know, Patrick Mahomes tops 350 passing yards in the game or something like that. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I think that's actually a good uh, way to transition to our next segment, our bad beat segment. We're actually going to go ahead and bring in Old Row Koozie for this one. Um, just talking our uh, bad beats. Koozie, you want to go ahead and start us off here? Uh, where do I start? Um, 
I'm honestly trying to think, but like, there's always one that sticks in my head. I don't want to go with it, but I think I just might have to. I, uh, I mean, we were all watching football in 2012 when the referees went on strike for better pay, and we had I think five weeks of replacement referees in the NFL. Oh yeah. Uh, which all culminated in an infamous Monday night matchup between the Seahawks and the Packers, and what is now known as the fail Mary. I can't even remember which side I was on. I think, I think it was on the Packers. It was Packers Seahawks. I can't tell you what the spread was. I can't tell you which team I was on. All I know is I lost. It should have been a touchdown and they called it an interception. If you watch, pull up the fucking highlight 2012 fail Mary and tell me that's on a touchdown. I'll slap you in the face. I lost like, I mean, and I was in college betting like an ignoramus, like $250 on that game, which no one in their right mind <laughs> should be like, I think I was already having a bad week. And I was like, well, if I hit this, I'm like back to even. So obviously I was like, oh, great. Yeah. I was like, oh, That's down, down trap, $500. Like, let me check my checking account. Oh, $4. Okay. This, this should be fine. Um, yeah. I think I sold my iPad that week. That was, uh, that, that was a, a dumb <laughs> bet, but even more so, a bullshit call by a bullshit referee. The 2012 fail, fail Mary, uh, forever in infamy. Fuck you, referees. But after that, like two days later, the strike ended. They got the deal done. <laughs> so for mine, oh, sorry, Which... go ahead. No, I was just going to ask you what you were going to oh, say for yours. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah, no, so for mine, it's it's not it's honestly kind of basic, but uh, it was Falcons-Patriots, Super Bowl 51. Uh, I think I had Falcons plus 140. Had oh, God, three, that's brutal. <laughs> I, had, I, had, I, had, I had $200 oh. in the game in high school. I told, The saddest part about it, too, I told my uncle. He was like, hey, should I put, put money on it? I was like, Falcons. Money line, plus one forty. He put a lot more money on it than I did, and I was like, "Oh shit, this is definitely gonna happen." Like, got this in the bag, five hundred bucks cash. Did not hit, and it was just brutal. <laughs> like I, that whole game. The thing is, it was crushing. It was so fucking crushing, but it was also like this. At the same time, I kind of, I was like, "This is like." just the most insane athletic performance I'll ever see in my entire life that I almost was just like, look, there's literally nothing I can do about this. Like, this is just greatness that I'm watching right now. And so I just, yeah, that was definitely the worst one for sure. Definitely thought we had it, but or I, th I, I even thought like in, in that, I mean, it was that fucking fourth quarter. I just have such bad luck in Super Bowls in general. I mean, Niners lost this year. We were up 2010. Just absolutely devastated afterwards. So that was probably my worst bit. My worst beat for sure. Falcons money line plus 140. Super Bowl 51. Yeah, mine mine's pretty rough. So it's Michigan State, Arizona State this last year. And it's I, I just took Michigan to win the game. Figuring, you know, they're gonna they're gonna smoke Arizona State oh, at home game. early season. Oh, me too. So you know, when it's still zero to From zero at halftime, I'm getting a little yeah. bit concerned. 
and then and then at the end of the game, uh, Arizona State takes a ten seven lead, and I'm like, okay, well, my money's gone. Uh, but then uh, Michigan State comes down the field with like thir- their offense hadn't done anything all day, and then all of a sudden Brian Lewerke decided to wake up. They go all the way down the field <clears throat> to, and get in field goal range to kick a game tying field goal. I'm like, okay, this is great. Kick the field goal, good overtime. Uh, kicker kicks the field goal, make it, makes it, and it's like, okay, great. It's going to overtime. Michigan State is probably going to win this. And then, like, all of a sudden, I saw, like, the referees are, like, huddling up, and they, like, they haven't started to set the ball for the kickoff. And then they decide that there's too many men on the field for Michigan State, so they have to re-kick. And kicker shanks it, misses it by a mile. Uh, <laughs> what did you that was pretty rough as I'm sitting yeah, there watching it. Sucks. Well, uh, by the way, before we, I, I don't know if does anybody have any last thoughts. I will. I will just say because I know we're next week we're gonna do, uh, like some of our best wins. But I wasn't gonna mention this one, but I do just want to throw it out there right now. I want a, a first half bet on a missed dunk, which is like probably one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen. Like literally a breakaway dunk. It was like Jesus. Miami Boston College. And I'm just like, oh my God. Like this is how it ends. Dude like rears back for a tomahawk. And I had I was like covering by a point and a half. So I'm just like, fuck me. And he just slams it off the back iron. It just and it's just like yes. Sometimes things go your way, you know? You just never know. <laughs> Koozie, when you when you first said that, I legit thought you were talking that you made a prop bet that someone was going to miss a dunk, and I was like, why are well, you I betting? Well, I remember that I talked about this on the pod uh, a couple of weeks ago, Koozie, but on older radio. But do you remember that bet that some guy put down a prop bet that Matt Kuchar would be first to the tee box on like hole number yeah. one or whatever hole it was, and Matt Kuchar saw him in the crowd. He's like, go, go, go. Kuchar just steps right in front of the tee box, stops for. Literally like two seconds, lets the other guy pass and the guy loses money. That if I was in that situation, I would literally hop over the, the little rope and just beat the shit out of that accuse or cooch. Well, one last one too. Oh, I, I, was it this year or last year when Todd Gurley slid like a yard short of the end zone to uh do you guys uh, remember that? That happens all the time. Yeah. I, oh I remember God. I mean, the, I had the, the over and the Rams. And I'm like, yes, like he's cruising, let's go. And he fucking goes down at like the two yard line and takes a knee. I was, I almost threw my phone at the TV, but I was like, ah, you don't want to break two things at once. I've I've learned from past mistakes, so you just got to eat it. <laughs> Broken too many at spots three sixty controllers over that, but uh, yeah, that's all I got. All right, well. Thanks for coming on, Koozie. We really appreciate it. Um, Right now, we're going to go ahead and take another quick break. When we come back, we're going to do the next installment of our Tales from the Stand segment. Uh, This week, it's going to be the best upset that we've been to. So that's right around the corner, and then we'll wrap things up with the mailbag. Stick around to the other side.
we're back on the Nosebleeds podcast. Uh, kind of continuing on with football since we neglected it so much the first couple of weeks. Uh, going back to our Tales from the Stand segment, uh, last week we did best tailgates. This week we're talking about the best upsets that we've been to as fans. So, uh, Gonzo, you want to start us off? Yeah, so I guess the biggest upset that I've been to is the Miracle Miami. Ooh. Miami Dolphins, yeah. Miami Dolphins versus New England Patriots. It was electric, man. I mean, obviously the Dolphins suck ass. So, like, you know. So there's, like, no one there to begin with. But Well, no, I mean, it was packed just because it's the Patriots. Remember that you got a crowd following the Patriots everywhere you go. But, like, nobody was showing up to the game thinking that the Dolphins even had, like, a remote chance. So e- even when that play, like, for, like, when Tannehill caught the – when he caught the, the shotgun pass or whatever, nobody thought – like, it, we thought the clock was going to run out and that was going to be the end of the game. And then, yeah, man, then it was Kenny Stills to Devontae Parker and then Kenyon Drake started going. And then when – like, if you go back and you see the clip, you see, like, they had Gronk in as, like, their safety to, like, kind of, yeah. like, save the play. Dude, and you see Gronk taking, like, this – weird Bad angle yeah the worst angle ever to try to catch Kenyon Drake and then like you see him buckling like like he just buckled he, he fell bro it was bro it was electrifying it was it was basically a Super Bowl win like, that's that's how Miami Dolphins fans see it yeah no that was that's pretty good I remember watching that I was I was surprised to say the least because you don't usually see the Patriots like blow a lead like that that's like definitely some like Detroit Lions or like Cleveland Browns stuff right there that would definitely happen to those teams usually don't see that happen in New England yeah man yeah I got a pretty good one actually um at the University of Montana is pretty cool um North Dakota State uh had just come off of their fourth straight national championship Carson Wentz is their quarterback uh he's in his senior year they come to Missoula week one of the college football season when this happened um it was back when they used to do like one FCS game the week before like the rest of college football kicked off. So it was like the Saturday before. Um, and it was electric and man, Washington Grizzly stadium, Missoula was packed obviously when you're going up against Carson Wentz and the four time defending national champions and Montana had a brand new coach and they were coming off of not a great season themselves, but um, they started the game out down big Uh, ended up coming back and then literally on the last play of the game with three seconds left, Montana scored a touchdown uh, to take the lead and win the game against Wentz and the uh, North Dakota state bison. And that was definitely one of the biggest wins in our program's history is pretty cool. Even at that level to be able to say you beat Carson Wentz and Carson Wentz, even to this day says that Washington Grizzly stadium was the loudest stadium he's played in at any level. So it's kind of a shout out to our school, but that was definitely the biggest upset I've been to Nick you got any good yeah. ones yeah so I thought I think the funniest one it's like actually such a random one because it was when I was in high school a senior in high school my friend and I we just decided on a whim because no one goes to Cal football games except I would go to a couple even though they suck and I would go to like some Stanford games just because I like football and my friends and I we would like drink go to the games and have fun like we could you could literally the stadium security is so loose like you compare it to University of Wisconsin, where it's like you have to walk through a metal detector. You can literally belt beers. So, like, we were putting a bunch of beers in our belts. So, like, we'd walk in the stadium with just, like, fat-ass, like, waistbands. And, let's see, Washington State was number eight in the country. Cal was unranked. They were shitty. The stadium was, like, half full. 
it was right during the, you guys remember the big California wildfires where everything yeah. was smoky yeah. shit. So they were even they did, weren't sure if they were going to play the game because like people, players could barely breathe. And either way, um, a cow just beat the shit out of the out of Washington State, thirty-seven to three. I remember like the fans were just such absolute nerds. We, my friend and I, we saw some kid in the stand shazamming sweet caroline because he wasn't exactly sure what song it was um which is <laughs> that's that's how fucking weird the cow people are i remember some we, we went into the student section like we had some other tickets that were literally like i'm talking when i say cheap like maybe ten dollars whatever it is to watch like a, a ranked opponent come play cow and so then we just moved to the student section and some kids were like, are you guys even students here and i was like how no, like, why does why the <laughs> fuck do you care? And then they're like, well, this is for students only. And it's like, well, I'm a student in high school. Like, why? I mean, <laughs> which is, by the way, like, I guess I didn't even realize at the moment because I was still in high school, but that would never happen at like Camp Randall. I'd never be like, oh, like, if I saw a dad in the stadium, I was in the stands in the student section, I'd be like, hey, you're not allowed to be here right now. It's for yeah. students only. Like, that's such a stupid fucking idea. Um, yeah, either way, then people were joking around because I think the under was like, the over under was like forty two points. They won like thirty seven three, and like we were calling it like the the wildfire under, like or the wildfire under, like whenever there's a wildfire fire. I remember listening to the uh, Barcel Pick'em podcast, and they were like, anytime there's a wildfire, you always bet the the, the under. Uh, so I thought that was always pretty funny too. And then and then we got to storm the field which was, I think, the only time I've ever stormed uh, a field or a court or anything. They've, they've stormed – another. I, I actually sold my ticket for a fuck ton of money, but Wisconsin beat, I think, number one ranked Michigan team last year. I think I made, like, $110 off that ticket, so I was just like, oh, I'll watch it on TV. I could definitely use $110 as opposed to my seats. But, um, yeah, they've stormed the court there a couple times. I haven't seen it at Camp Randall, though, just because – I don't know. Our team's generally pretty good, so it's never always like a huge upset. Like unless or unless we beat Ohio State, that'd pretty much be and nobody the only beats scenario. Ohio State. That'd be the only scenario, or maybe a highly ranked Michigan team if they're ever good again. But you know, yeah, that's that's wild. I can't even believe that. Like, just like as high schoolers, you're just like belting beers and nobody cared. <laughs> oh yeah. All right, uh, moving on to our mailbag segment. Uh, we got a good uh, topic here today that we got from a viewer. Uh, our three top drinking games. So we're going to kind of take turns going through this. Uh, either you guys want to start it off? Yeah, so for me, and I've been playing a lot of it, uh, I'm also from California, but I think just without a doubt, number one, beard eye. Like, there's just nothing better. I don't, I, I always hate when beer like old people try to do rankings of drinking games and they just have never played beard eye before and i'm just like you guys can you guys have no leg to stand on if you haven't played beard eye then you can't rank your drinking games because without a doubt like it's always going to be great weather you're, you're downing beers you can kind of what's nice about beard eye too is like you can kind of take a break for moments you're not always like doing shit. Like I can smoke a dart and play beard eye. I can put it on the table and just like have some fun. I can, you know, you're always like walking around sand, grass, or, you know, even concrete. And like, so it's the best drinking game by far in my, my opinion. So. 
Yeah, I'm I'm seconding seconding that. Nick Beard is definitely number one for me. It, I don't think there is a better game, and like, you know, it's as fun as some of the other games are. Like, uh, Beard Eye, you can like really like socialize too, which is a lot more fun. You yeah. know, a lot of other games are like so fast paced and everything, but Beard Eye is just like a nice game to relax to on a nice day outside, and just like you could play it for hours. Also, dude, you can take the tarps off for the boys. Like, you're never gonna play beer pong. Go tarps off. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's just nice. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah definitely that's my number one and yeah yeah hey gonzo what you got yeah i don't disagree with you guys i mean i'm i'm gonna go with beer punk just because it's you know it's played a little more prevalently down here i will say that like beer punk is like competitive and if you're having like an off night it's just an absolute shit show of a game especially if like you're not up with like a girl because you know most of the girls just line up and they just want to go and look cute and whatever it just fucked the whole game up um but there's so yeah. much strategy involved but right? dude that's that's <laughs> my problem with that's my problem with beer beer pong like especially the beer pong hardos and like dude it's just a game like you yeah. it, unless like you're playing for money or some shit i never understand the people that take it so competitively like it's actually I mean, I think fun it's too- if you lose oh, elbow. Yeah. Elbow. i hate i hate that guy <laughs> Dude, I don't like if you want to put your fucking elbows on the table, like go for it. I don't really care. And the other thing is, is like it's just like for me, it's so high school because it's just like I probably played a million like games of beer pong in high school. I'm just at a certain point, I was like, no, like what I'm doing is so stupid. I just I would just sit on a table in high school for like eight games, and I just, and I I end up like hammering and realize, oh shit, like I haven't talked to any girls tonight. Like that probably wasn't the best idea. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's no doubting that it's still a classic, though. Yeah, it's a classic. I, I don't know. I, what, Nick, what do you got it too? I got a couple. I gotta say, it's. I, I think I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say King's Cup. I like King's Cup a lot. Have you guys played that game? Yeah. Yeah. For me, that's so. If you haven't played the game, you. For most, of, you can either use a cup or you can use a. Um, we uh, if you go to a bar, you, you can, we just use like a white claw or something like that, or like it's easy. And you stick the cards. You, you pull a card. Every card has an like an action that you do. This is definitely one of the more like involved games that you play. Um, but yeah, so every card has a different action. Like there's, you know, I think like ten or is it like queen is question masker. Um, Two is you, three is me, four is, uh, well, four is whores, like five is drive, is it? But either way, like, it's a fun game. That's my number two. Yeah, I can respect that. For number two, uh, for me, I'm probably going with Rage Cage. I think that's a, that's a oh. classic. You know, and yeah. I like that because there's so much strategy in that, just, like, trying to um, – like stay out of the cage and like get the get the people over to the other side that are actually uh playing and also like if you can get your buddy in a cage like that's just so fun to just like watch them just have to keep drinking and drinking and drinking that's such a fun game dude that's so two things about rage cage first of all california we call it rage cage here it's boom cup and i'm like that defeats the whole like the reason why it's called rage cage is because you want to put them in the cage in the cage yeah that's what it makes no, like why the fuck are you going boom cup 
what do they what do they call it down down your way, Gonzo? They call it rage cage. Yeah. Okay. So they're normal. It might just okay. be a Midwest thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my other problem with boom cup or rage cage though is that you have to like everybody has to know how to play the game because yeah. if you don't know how to play the game, it like it it does ruin. Like if you don't know how to play beer pong, it doesn't fucking matter. You know it's not going to affect the game at all. Like you just throw a ball into a cup, whatever. If mm-hmm. you don't know how to play rage cage, then it's like people are sitting there. It's like, wait, what do, like, what do I pass it? And then it's just like kind of breaks yeah. up the whole thing. Yeah. Gonzo. Yeah. yeah so at, at number two, I'm, I'm conflicted, but I'm going to go with like another one that people take way too seriously. And I think it's just meant to be fun. A flip cup, you know, flip cups, a solid one, but you always have that one person that like, if you can't flip the cup, that they're screaming in their face, like, you motherfucker, like, and, <laughs> yeah, man. I've been, there, I've been it, there. It's a fun game, though. It's a fun game, and it's definitely a lot more involved, you know, like, collectively as a group than, like, beer pong. Yeah. No, the flip cup's definitely a good one. I mean, I told, I think I told that story in the last pod of how I got recruited to go play flip cup at, across the tailgate at the Rose Bowl. Oh, and yeah. those girls made me pee behind a car. Um <laughs> My third, so I'm trying to think. Uh, okay, my third, it's it's actually a very, very, like, it's, it's like it's a nobody really knows this game, but my friends and I, we played all the time. And I highly recommend, recommend looking it up if you guys want to play it. But there's this game called Up Chicken, all right? There's a quarter on the table. It's from the office. So my friend got it from the office, like, brought it to us, and then, like, now, like pretty much everybody that we hangs out, hang out with, knows how knows how to play up chicken. Like we always bring a quarter. One person at the table closes their eyes. We have like a table full of people. One person closes their eyes, while the rest. It's a great game to play at a bar too, just because it's like you don't need that much stuff. All you need is table and people table a table and people sit down. Mm-hmm. Take the quarter. You pass it around to whoever you want. Then everybody closes their fists. And then somebody will say like one, two, three, up chicken. You bang your elbows on the table. Whoa, one, three, down I've chicken. Heard of that. And then you slap your hands on the table and the, the person will open their eyes. And then when they open up their eyes, they have to guess whose hand it is by the sound of the quarter on the table. And so they'll just be like, not it. So they'll do process of elimination, like not it, not it, not it. And if they get it right, then everybody at the table has to drink. If they get it wrong, then they have to drink. It's super fun. Highly recommend it. Like, and also the funniest part too We'll always start with like four people at a table and then people would be like, what the fuck? Why are they banging on the table? And then like, we'll just start recruiting people. So like all of a sudden it'll be like five people, six people, seven people. Like I remember a couple of weeks ago, my friends and I, we started with maybe, maybe five or six people and ended up being 20 people completely, completely disregarding the social distancing rules. Yeah. But <laughs> 20 people like at this, we like set up like three tables. It was insane. So, Wait, okay, so let me ask you. So the person who has to like pick where the where the quarter is, right? If they yeah. get it wrong the first try, they have to drink. No, so you do process of elimination. So oh. so it kind of builds up like the momentum. Oh, so okay. like they'll 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 cross out the people they know didn't get it right first, so they didn't get the quarter, and then like it'll normally be like three hands where they think it's like the general area of where they heard the sound, and then. Then they'll be like, not it, not it. And then they'll, they, hopefully they want to save the one for last. If it's not the one for last, you have to, you have to flip up your hands every time they call on your hand to show that you do or not, don't have it. Okay. Yeah, that sounds fun, man. 
Yeah, for my number three, I'm going with another one that people probably haven't heard of a lot. It's called Where's the Water? I don't know if you guys have ever heard of that. No. Bas- basically, it's you get like a table full of, of shots of like clear liquor. So you can do this like tequila Ooh. or whatever. And you fill some of them with like tequila and some with water. And somebody's like designated to take the shot and they the point is they're supposed to like not show that they're drinking like liquor oh yeah, i think i've heard about this yeah so this you sounds like guess whether they're like whether it was liquor or water but they're obviously trying to think to make you believe it was water uh and if you get yeah. it wrong then you have to drink if they get it right then they have to keep drinking so it's just it's a great game but that's it's really funny to watch like these girls like try to pretend like they're not drinking liquor that's what i was oh, about. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'd be such a bitch about it too. Like, there's no way I'm gonna take a tequila yeah, shot. Like, if you're water. Like, you're like, oh yeah, that water. <laughs> <laughs> so refreshing. <laughs> oh man. Well, right, so. I mean, the better way to do it is to take the water and be like, yeah, like that oh, or some oh, yeah. shit. Somebody does that for sure. Yeah. Man, I don't All even right. know where to go at for this last one. There, I have a couple. The um, fact that you still haven't said beer die just amazes me. Well, because you guys already said it. I'm not just going to be, like, repeating everything that you guys say. I'm trying to <laughs> He's not frat, clearly. Um, I mean, whatever. I go to Jeez. F. So. Uh, I guess I'm going to go with Edward Forty Hands. Yeah. Yes. I, I mean, if I had to pick, though, I think, like, I'm – I have a dilemma because it was, like, a three-way tie between Edward Forty Hands, True American – We'll we'll do we'll do a uh, honorable mention. After. Okay, yeah, man. Okay, so Edward Forty Hands is definitely it's fun. I just I don't think it's something that you could really play with girls unless they're absolute like tanks. Just <laughs> and because, then are, and then at that point, are you really wanting to play with them anyway? Well, like yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it's <laughs> I played it a lot when I was like pledging, and it's kind of like a thing to like bond with like your pledge brothers kind of thing because like after two forty ounce beers that are duct taped to your hand you're going to be feeling nice. Um, I've come across a couple of guys who like try to pace themselves. And then like, you're like what half an hour in and the guys have to take a piss. Like, no dude. Like I, I just go and I chug as much as I possibly can. You know, you, you get it done maybe 20 minutes, 30 minutes around there. Go take your piss. But you guys want to hear something. So I set the record for fast. It's the only record I had in terms of drinking, but I set it for 40 hands. My time was my time was ten minutes. Shut the. Fuck. <laughs> I'm dead. I'm completely serious. I was. I literally like. I almost like fainted afterwards because I mean, I, we were all we were all pledging and like. Yeah. You know, it was like yeah, you didn't want to go last, end up last. So I just I took both. Like and I've done forty hands with my friends before, but like this one, I was just like. I want to get this done and get the fuck out of here and go to bars. Like literally, cause I, that was my thought. Cause it was like, it was early yeah. enough. All we had to do was 40 hands. And I was like, all right, let's just do this. Did in 10 minutes puked literally like my whole body just puked it all up. I had like, I literally like, I felt like faint. I felt like I was a ghost in that moment. There was just like, my body was just, there was nothing in it. It was absolutely wild. Uh, yeah. 10 minutes there's i yeah. i can't even imagine 10 minutes like there's it is brutal it's, it's I, suicide. that's rough dude kind of i was i was doing both at the same time this is gonna be weird imagery but i was like <laughs> 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 fucking guzzling them down man oh. all right so my honorable mention uh i like beard arts i don't love beard arts but i like beard arts um i like have you guys played 
um, red, blue, purple. That's or, or sorry, red, black, or purple. That's another fun game. Uh, it's like a card game. Try to guess like what color it is. And if like a red, obviously is like you start off red, black, purple, and then once you start putting down cards, you can guess like high, low, in between, outside, that kind of stuff. So and then you drink for as many seconds as many cards you have. So like you can end up like 15 cards have to drink for 15 seconds, which is basically just killing your drink. But yeah. Yeah. I got a good one. This is like one that we played at our house a lot. Um, it's, it's pretty, I've never, I've only seen one person ever complete. It's called the 52 club. So 52 beers in 24 hours. Um, and you can't, what's the rules? You can't puke, pee yourself or sleep. So it's really That'd tough. Like with, I've seen one person do it. Um, actually, it's funny. Our football coach, uh, he did it back in his day. He is one of the like one of the few people that has been able to complete it. But uh, yeah, there's that's a that's a pretty tough one. But it's kind of fun to try. And then uh, yeah, I still I don't think I said pong. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put pong in my honorable mention because I do like it. I but I feel like like what you guys said. There's some like pong hardos that I just like, yeah they just ruin it. I honestly, I don't like it. Like I used to, but I just, I mean, I'll play it. Obviously I'm not going to be like, I will not play beer pong, but yeah. uh, <laughs> no, it's just like, I don't know. I also like, I do you guys, so we always just play with water cups. Cause I can't, I can't believe that people actually we do water. Yeah, we do water. I was like, yeah. it's so disgusting. Like if you're just like dropping all this, like on a fraternity floor and you're just yeah. like, Oh yeah, let me drink this. Like, yeah, have you, yeah, no, we we do. We like the water cups when you're done. Like, there's like hair and dirt. Oh and- god, yeah. <laughs> dude, I'll come back home and, like, first of all, I was shocked that I even played with beer in high school. Second of all, like my friends that go to like small colleges, they're like, oh wait, why are you filling up with water? It's like, do you know how just like this is how coronavirus gets spread, dude? Like, do you know how <laughs> filthy that is? Um, <laughs> but. Yeah. Uh, but that but the the fifty two beer is more of a beer challenge as opposed to the game. I was that made me think of though the twenty four eighteen twelve six challenge. What's that? Concerned about that. Uh-huh. So there's this thing called the twenty four eighteen twelve six. You have to you have beers, miles, donuts, and jerk offs, and you can do an and you can choose any number for either one of those categories, and you have to get it done in twenty four hours. So you could do like. 24 beers, 18 miles, 12 donuts, and six jerk-offs. You can do, like, six miles. You know, like, you can mix and match however you want. It just has to be done in 24 hours. Like, maybe, like, there's only a few people that have done it. My friends and I have been talking about doing it, but it'd just be just absolute torture on your body. Yeah, um, that's, a, that's like a challenge, though, not like a game. Like, I can't imagine. Yeah, that's, that, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what I was telling Alden about, like, the 52 beer thing in 24 yeah. hours. Yeah, um... So my honorable mention, I don't even know if it's really a game. I mean, you guys could help me out, but you know the the ACD the ACD. Oh yeah, Thunderstruck. 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 I don't know if that does that count as a game though. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah, no really. Like, a, it's a game, game, but like, there's not like a. There's winner. no winner or loser. Yeah. Well, no, no, there is a loser. The loser is the person. Remember that gets stuck on like the the like the oh. longest period of time. Yeah. Remember, because like he says thunder, and then just huge yeah. pause and they says thunder again and then you have to drink for like the rest of the song or just yeah. kill your drink pretty much yeah i mean i i love that game though it, i'm it, game i guess but yeah i mean it's, it's it's just one of those quick things it's always fun to do like at a pregame or something like that so 
Yeah, exactly. Like it's solid for pregames because like not only are you drinking and you're letting loose, but like the song itself is electric and it hypes you up. So yeah, great song. Yeah. And that brings us to the end of episode three of the Nosebleeds podcast. Um, we're going to go ahead and keep recording these every week. We thank you guys for listening. Um, make sure you continue to send us your mailbag segments. You can send it to our voicemail line at 406-616-2280, or you can always DM us. Uh, make sure to follow us at Old Row Nosebleeds. Uh, you guys have anything else you want to add before we wrap this up? No, just keep on the support. See you guys later. Yeah, yeah. send in those voicemails for sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll keep we'll keep asking questions on uh, on the Instagram. Uh, try to mention you guys, you know, get some different takes. So yeah, should good pod. All right, we will see you guys next week. Oh, 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 oh,